0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Good morning, folks. We've got a great show lined up for you today. In the back half of the 12 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Steve Worthy. Steve is the CEO of Zurich Classic Golf Tournament, and they give a boatload of money to children's charities. The final numbers are in for last year's event. We'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about... The classic in 2024, April 22nd to 28th. What we have coming our way, and in the beginning of the 12 o'clock hour, Mark Romick. He's actually a, uh, one of the members of the committee that puts on the Zurich, as I am. Uh, Mark's the chief marketing officer of New Orleans and Company, and we'll be talking about the numbers as they come in for Fall 2023 and a preview of 2024, as well as the Riverfront Development District. Talking about tourism and what it means to our city and what we see coming our way. GNO Inc. Hour and the 11 o'clock hour. VP of Communications of GNO Matt Wolf joins us and he brings a special guest, the CEO of Axosim, Lowry Curley. We'll talk about that and we'll talk about a recent acquisition made by that company up in Minnesota and what that means to us down here. In the back half of this hour, tanner mcgee louisiana state representative district fifty three do you know what a ghost kitchen is have you ever ordered f- f- uh... food over the internet And do you actually know where it's coming from this story will be a little surprising to you and it seems to uh... have raised some concerns with members of the state legislature and we'll find out why Folks, next up, Mel Dussel. He's probably been working since 3 o'clock this morning. Good man, uh, good friend. Dawn Buster's Kiwanis Club. They do such great work out in Jefferson Parish and throughout the metropolitan area. He joins us to talk about a big fundraiser they have coming up. Mel, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Newell. Thank you, buddy. Good
1: morning. This group is the uh, the wildest group at six thirty in the morning that I've ever had access to. Um, still trying to open my eyes, and they're expecting you to be as funny as they are at that time, and it just doesn't work for me, Mel.
2: <laughs> well, it was funny this morning because you know, one of your old buddies, uh, Spud McConnell, was our guest speaker this morning, and and uh, he was hilarious, but. Um, you know, some people got to get up early every once in a while. No? There you go. There you go.
1: So this year, again, world's largest turkey fry coming our way. Tell us about it.
2: Well, it's it's our 25th year. We do 1,050 turkeys. We sell a 1,000. Um, the reason for the the difference of 50 is, you know, you got some breakage. And, of course, when the turkey breaks, then the people who are volunteer have to eat that turkey, oh, uh, yep. which is terrible, you know. Sacrifice. And then and then we donate some, but uh, right now we're at 400 sales, so we've got 600 more to go. Um, and hopefully after after this this radio uh, show today, we'll sell a couple of hundred, like we did last year. La- last year was was fantastic because of you, and we appreciate it. And and you're one of our best customers. You have been for the last 15 years, I guess.
1: Well, y'all make it so easy. You just drive up, they load it in the back of the car, and you're on, on your way. And you know uh it's
2: yeah, just it's, it's, uh, a, it's amazing um uh, the sheet metal union workers building there on on yale is is great for us to do this um it's a great setup this year we keesla federal credit union is our main sponsor we're very appreciative of that but the beauty of this is twofold number one the turkeys are great as you know mm-hmm. they're 65 this year we're also offering boars head hams for 45 dollars but the beauty of it is that you're not only getting a great buy for your money, but 100% of the profit goes back into the community through one of our, all of our efforts that we do. And we do so many things, including feeding the homeless Atlanta light in the city of New Orleans and, you know, key clubs and et cetera. But, uh, it's a great time. Um, people can go online and order at dawnbusters.org. D a W N B U S T E R S.org. Um, and then you can pick up probably starting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we start cooking at 2 a.m. We get there. I say we. I'm not telling you the truth. Mel Dussel does not get there at 1 o'clock. No. <laughs> I, make, I, make I make the excuse that I have to pick up all the food for the volunteers that morning. So I don't, I don't get there until 11. But I start picking up food at 10 because we got to feed all of our volunteers. You know, it, it takes about 150 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Dawn Busters to do this, plus the crew of Carrollton has their own crew. You know, they do the actual frying for us They have from the beginning. Um, and, it's, and it's a great situation, That we, but it's fun. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a long day. We start at 1 o'clock, and we finish around 8 o'clock that night. Um, and it's on stop.
1: Absolutely. Fried turkeys, so $65. The turkeys are between 12 to 14 pounds. And the boar's head, right. ham... Uh, which I understand is incredible as well, $45. That's a five-and-a-half-pound ham and glaze. Uh, so you can yep. pick them both up right there at the same time. Folks, they, they do make it easy. You pull up. There's a tent. You give them your name. They pull your order. They give you the order sheet. You go to the next tent about 35 feet forward, and you pop the rear of your vehicle open, and they put your turkey and your ham in the back, and you're
2: off. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't and, get any easier. And if you're a man, if you're somebody like with the name of Newell Norman, as an example, then you get to park your car and come in and have a cocktail with us or have some of our that, food that we offer to our volunteers. You're not supposed to. Tell uh, you me know, we, about try, we Oh, is that a secret? Oh, Jesus! I, I let the cat out the bag, man. I can't believe I did that on on radio. Absolutely. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's a who's who. I mean, you know, the lieutenant governor is not going to be in town this year. He's going to be up at Macy's in New York. You know, Billy's a member of our club, Billy Nungesser. But he's usually there. Cynthia Lee Shang is there. Jennifer Van Rankin. Newell Norman. I mean, just Newell Norman by himself. What else can you ask for, you know? Uh, I know you're having having Mark Romy talk today on your show. Mark's Mm -hmm. a member of our club. I'm hoping Mark comes out for a little while and brings his brother Jay. Jay always gets a turkey from us. Uh, But it's a who's who, but, but it's, it's a, it's a good time, but it's for a good cause. And the food is, the food is great, as you know. Um, But again, 100% goes back to the community.
1: Pick up this year, Wednesday, November 22nd, the day before uh, Thanksgiving. Right. right? And that's pickup starts at what time?
2: Um, Pick up for the public starts uh, around one o'clock. Now, it gets pushed back as we go the reason it doesn't start to one is because we usually sell a few hundred turkeys if you buy 10 or more turkeys we will deliver them to one one location for you early in the morning and we have quite a few companies that do that um and people like the fairgrounds they buy turkeys and they donate it to covenant house every year so we bring them to covenant house Uh, some people buy turkeys and they just tell us give it away to somebody in need so Mm -hmm. if if you're not going to buy one for you we re- we recommend you buy two turkeys, one for Thanksgiving, and then you freeze the other one and thaw it out for Christmas, and we give and you well, a on how to
1: do I've done, it. I've oh, done yeah. that before.
2: It, and th- and that don't go to carcass way It makes great gumbo. You know, makes great gumbo. But you know, you've always helped us with this, Newell, and we we appreciate it. Um, also, if I can, uh, in December we're having two events at year Park. One is called a high tea. And the other was Cooking with Santa, Cookies with Santa. So you can go online and, and look that up. Uh, we're always looking for new members. Uh, Spud became a member today. We're looking for some radio people, uh, personalities. <laughs> if you know anybody in the radio.
1: Yeah, I don't know, um, Manny. <laughs> I,
2: wonder, I wonder who that's being directed at. One of these days, New. One of these days. I, I told you, if you move you know, your
1: meetings two hours later, I'm there. But... <laughs>
2: Well, and we don't need you to come to the meeting. We just we just need to we we need to use your name and your reputation. That's There you a, go. Well, you know, I'll join. Be honest about there's that. there's no problem with that. <laughs> I know I know I know that. Uh but you know, but come on out, but place your orders now because what what happened last year was um you know, the day of all the TV stations come and they're showing us cooking and people go crazy and they start making calls, but we're sold out by then. Mm-hmm. So if you want your turkey, please order now. And the earlier you order, the earlier you can pick up. Some, you know, A lot of people won't get to pick up until between 5 and 6 o'clock, which is okay if you're getting off of work. But um, right. the, the right. sooner you order, the sooner you can pick up. All
1: right, so let's sum this up. Fried turkeys, $65, 12 to 14 pounds, or a boar's head ham, five-and-a-half-pound ham and glaze, $45. If yep. you go online at www.dawnbusters.org, You can order your turkey or your ham. Pickup is Wednesday, November 22nd. Uh, They will inform you as to the time. The location is 4440 Yale Street. That's one block off of um, Veterans Highway. It runs the same way as Veterans, and it's between, help me out here, uh, Clearview.
2: Clearview and and I forgot the other streets, right behind Triple Play.
1: Yeah, which is on the Homer Boulevard side. So when you come down Clearview, right. you take a right on Yale. You go down about two and a half blocks, and that's where the Sheet Metals uh, Union is. That's one of their partners, as well as River Parish and Canadas, uh, that have, all, and have always and is sponsored this year by Kiesler Federal Credit Union. Uh, so we and want to Shisey's, thank Shisey's and Ham. Chis, We got to thank them. Ham. Yeah, because yeah.
2: they, they let us store the turkeys there while they're thawing out. Thank God for them no absolutely so that's it But also you can call me you can call me direct Newell. if, if you can't get online call me at four five four eight three nine seven and i'll take the order for you if you can't do it online um uh like we did with you and Danny Martini and other people like that. So, but Absolutely. we appreciate your time, buddy. You're, you're the best, man. You well, are the best.
1: Well, Mel, thank you so much for coming on today. Best of luck. If we need to do it again, let me know. We need to make sure we sell the turkeys because all of the profits go back into our community. And I had one of your partners on yesterday from the East Jeff Business Association about the reading program that y'all are involved in with the uh, kids in. In the public school system, it's absolutely incredible, and we thank you for that as well.
2: We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, man.
1: All righty, folks, that's Mel Dussel with the uh, Kiwanis, Dawn Buster's Kiwanis Club. If you want to join, you can go uh, out there. It is a great group. They have a lot of fun. Uh, they really do. I mean, they they know how to laugh. It's just it's hard at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning be that as may we will be right back 504-260-1870 on the oakland heart jeweler's talk and text line stay with us
3: worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers over
0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Tanner McGee, Louisiana State Rep, District 53, talking about a ghost kitchen. I had never heard about this. Tanner, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Neil. So tell us about ghost kitchens. This was uh, something new to me. I would not heard of it.
3: Well, you know what? It was actually new to me, too. I mean, you were kind of, you know, they, they, being a state rep kind of put you in a position you have to learn about things you never thought you would. Uh, but what's going on now is restaurants and uh, other people are creating what they call a ghost kitchen, which means the restaurant doesn't really exist. It only exists on apps where you can order food. Um, so when, what you're seeing is there's, it's kind of happening two ways. Maybe somebody doesn't want to have a full restaurant, so they rent a kitchen, and they'll deliver the food to you. That's one way. And then the second way, which is uh, kind of what's been kind of more pressing and more concerning, is a normal restaurant will create a fictitious restaurant name and serve food out of it uh, for a host of reasons. Maybe they think that you don't, you know, their reputation or they're doing something different than what they normally do. In their kind of traditional kitchen restaurant space. Uh, And so people will go on an app like, you know, Waiter or DoorDash, and they'll see these restaurants that don't really exist. And then they'll order the food and it's delivered to them. And so that what they don't, the public doesn't really know that this kind of restaurant's fake. But it's not fake, it actually gives you your food. Um, And, you know, one of the big concerns we're having right now with it is, or at least from my perspective, is. You know, what if a restaurant has a low letter grade from LDH on its health inspections, develops a bad reputation, and all they got to do is change their name, say, you know, they're now something else, and then you don't realize it's the same place, and you're getting, you know, you wouldn't normally order from there, and you're getting food that's cooked in a kitchen that might have some, some health issues. So that's kind of the, the brief overview of it, but I'm learning like you are, and this is kind of like technology um, changing how we live in a, in a real way and how we regulate.
1: Now, have you communicated with LDH? Cause I understand that they say that they, they're, they're aware of this and, uh, as it relates to their rules, um, none of that is a problem, right? Is that their stance at the present time?
3: That's their stance at the present time. As I understand it from my conversation with them, but I, you know, uh, unless you've been in state government ldh has got so much going on it's a behemoth i'm not surprised that they really don't care i mean at the end of the day i think they just want to inspect kitchens and give letter grades out they're not really all that concerned um if somebody is kind of confusing the public at this point until somebody calls their attention to it
1: so the concern on on your part is is that it kind of defeats the whole uh, legislation behind this rating system because now um you're not really that service doesn't really get rated, and it may be coming out of a kitchen that you've decided that you're not going there because they continue to have LDH issues violations. Yeah,
3: that's exactly right. I mean, that's the whole point of these letter grades that we do. You know, we do for schools now. We do them for, for health inspections. As it's, it's an easy kind of tool to, for the public to kind of see and know. You get an A, you get a B, C, D, E, and F. You, nobody wants to go eat at F. Um, I think that gets closed down, but still, people. Some people take it very seriously when they're making their choices that they want to eat at a clean place um, that has an A rating. And they, they, I, you know, when they publish them in the paper, I read them because I want to know what the hell the fractions were. Um, and if you could just change the name of your restaurant and just keep doing it without any sort of registration process, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to skirt around those letter grades. And what's the point of them at that point?
1: Yeah. And obviously, this is one of those situations where the good suffers for the bad, right? Because I can see the business model here because of the sunk costs that you have uh, in the kitchen. You may have capacity when the economy is in a downturn, less people are going and and dining in. And as a result of that, you're looking to keep people employed and to keep product moving so you engage um, in this. And I guess the question is, is just, you know, the regulation of it more than anything else. Cause I, I, I do see, you know, that this is a um, smart business, quite frankly.
3: Oh, absolutely. And look, I, you know, I, I've always prided myself on trying to be as pro business in the state as you can be. Um, you know, and it's, I think Simolina is now basically operates ghost kitchens and not, you know, uh, that's not wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with the model. I mean, look, and I'm also one of the first people to tell you is we always need to be adjusting for realities, whether we like them or not. Technology, this is, which is where we're going. I think we just need to figure out a way where we can keep up the technology, keeping pace with our regulations and our regulations moving with the technology itself. Uh, because I agree with you. I mean, you need to keep a lot of business. And look, and I think there's a real benefit to you. I mean, maybe you have a reputation for doing wings and you realize that you've got some good ideas on Chinese food or something like that, and You want to, but you know you can't do it in your own market because it might, people might not want it. Um, it right. also allows the kitchen to become more efficient. You know, it's 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 not staying it has no downtime because you're turning it over to somebody else, you rent it out to I mean there's a lot of like really good stuff for the business owner to, to, to utilize. But at the same time we also gotta worry about the safety of our of our citizens when that they can trust that the food they're getting is uh being cooked well, in a healthy way that will make them sick.
1: Let me ask you this. The, these food delivery services, do do we know how much due diligence they do as to whether or not they're actually picking food up? a lot of these are presented on their apps, right? correct
3: um, That's really how these happened.
1: restaurants and and do we know if they're doing due diligence? Do we know if they check to make sure that they have all the appropriate certificates and they've had all of the the regulatory approvals?
3: The short answer is no. Uh, the longer answer is it depends on the individual app that you're dealing with. They all have their own. Uh, but I was – me and actually uh, Ted James, Representative James, got in this argument on the house floor about alcohol delivery. I thought that these apps were doing uh, – he was right and I was wrong. Uh, these apps were doing a bunch of due diligence. And Ted's like, no, like, there's just some random dude showing up, picking it up and dropping it off. And they're like, we need to do more. And I looked into it, and turns out Ted was right at the time, and so we put in some stuff in place. But – there really is kind of the Wild West on these various apps on what they do on their end of it. They all claim to do a lot, but the ones that are actually doing it is is kind of a hit or miss.
1: So in theory, you and I could hook up with one of these food delivery companies. We could go in my backyard uh, and use my barbecue pit and start cooking food and start taking orders and having food deliver and not ever have a health department certificate or anything else. I mean it's almost no different than going out and buying food from these uh trailers sitting on Poyager Street during a Saints game.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that in theory there's that's pretty much accurate. Yeah, that you could probably get around a lot by just and then, you know, if LDH would start chasing you, the the concern is you can just keep changing the name, right? <laughs> that's the easy part of the ghost kitchen aspect of it is you just you're not really in a location. You're not really anywhere. And you can just keep changing the name to stay ahead of um, LDH, and they just be chasing you the whole time.
1: So I, it gets back to that culture of non-compliance for me. That you know, the good are suffering for the bad. So the bad could actually set up this business, use DoorDash, whatever else. If there's no due diligence, in all fairness, I don't know. But never pay any taxes. Never pay to have you know. My health certificate. Never do any of the. Don't have a occupational license tax, sales tax license, any of that, uh, and and have a competitive advantage over every other brick and mortar restaurant out there, because I'm not having to pay all these taxes. I'm not, I'm not paying um, uh, work comp. I'm not paying liability. I'm not. You know, I, I have none of that. I'm, I could just be cooking out of my backyard. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, in theory, I mean, I think you will ultimately owe those those obligations to the state, but I mean, I think you can stay ahead of them by just changing the name so quickly that nobody would ever catch up at it. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest concern is that how easily you're just showing up in, on the internet and delivering food is. Yeah, you see that that's almost a bigger
1: it is not bigger but it's equally as important to me because it gives the people that conduct their business that way an unfair competitive advantage over all of these brick and mortars that 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 put their blood, sweat and tears into their business and have to pay all of these regulatory costs in order to conduct business and you have people that pay nothing. And yes. And you know yeah. and then we you've created this this imbalance in the market, and, you know, the the heartthrob of our city is the brick and mortar, whether we agree with that or not, whether we agree that the new founded culture bearers cooking out of the back of a trailer is going to be our new culture, that's fine, but they need to collect sales tax, they need to get all of the appropriate approvals, they need to pay for the licenses like everybody else, uh, but... That doesn't seem to be part of the culture, you know. The culture is devoid of any obligation to government and society at large, in my view, and that's where we run amuck in all of this. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I agree with everything you said. You know, I think you know the big thing is we just really haven't, as a state or as the local entity or anybody, as as a government figured out really how to regulate the internet. I mean, that's really what we're, we're, you know, these are all like minor issues that were, not minor issues, they're big issues, but they're all under the same umbrella of, we don't know how, or we haven't figured out a good strategy yet for our departments and our agencies to keep pace with the changes on the internet. I mean, that's just, it's just outstripping us every step of the way. And we're just continually behind. Um, yeah. At some point, we're going to have to figure out, you know, how, how do we do that? How do we attack the technology issues? Is that something that you're going to
1: try and tackle, uh, or you know, if you know if someone else is going to try and tackle in this legislative
3: session? You know, we're just learning about this. To, uh, like I said, I didn't know about this three months ago. I've just really been coming kind of up to speed as this kind of populated and people have been kind of talking about it. Um, we've got a lot going on. I'm not sure it's going to be at the forefront. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, there's so much. Yeah, no, that, I, know, I get it. you yeah. have got insurance and crime, and yeah, I'd, I'd much else. rather
1: y'all focus on the insurance. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Me too. Uh, I'm selfish. i full transparency. I am selfishly motivated. <laughs> so, me too. <laughs> you no,
3: know, people call me. You got to do like, dude. I, I'm with you. Like, I got to pay the same insurance you do. Nobody's. I don't get a legislative break on that. Uh, promise you. Um, no so i mean those are the bigger issues but i think this is something that'll keep bubbling up um, and i think eventually we'll have to address yeah absolutely
1: thank you so much for joining us tanner mcgee louisiana state rep district 53 appreciate your time and your insight and we'll continue to follow this story thank you
3: my pleasure thank you
1: we'll be right back folks 504-260-1870 Um, And there is a story about this. Uh, Travis Mackle did a story on it at WDSU.com. So I wanted to point that out as well. We'll be right
0: back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Welcome back, folks. Uh, you will remember not too many days ago, the district attorney and his mother were the victims of a carjacking. The DA uh, writes an opinion piece uh, that talks about how he says that the right wing gloating began in the aftermath of his carjacking and maybe there were some knuckleheads out there that gloated about it I don't know I didn't happen to read any any of that Um, I for one uh, would never do that in fact I said and the only thing I said is that he will be different he and his mother both if they've never been victims of a crime looking down the barrel of, of a gun you look at life through a different lens and you never ever remove the vision of that barrel from your memory so you're different and one of the byproducts of that is you tend to look at things a little bit differently because you have now experienced the raw emotion the raw fear the bone chilling fear of not knowing whether or not you will ever take another breath of air again now for some of you you may think I'm overstating that I'm not there's a newfound appreciation the question really is is that what does that translate into now the DA seems to want to pound on uh... whoever on the right wing was gloating and it's no different than the blame shifting when we talk about Uh, shootings and things of that nature that it's now uh, civilians right to carry a handgun or otherwise is the problem as opposed to the individual that has evil in his heart and evil in his mind and we engage in this blame shifting all the time the DA says that he's been advocating and that no one first that no one is immune to this American pandemic of violence Willie's right. But there are disproportionate victims, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And now he is a member of a violent crime category victim. He says that he's advocated for policies aimed at fair and humane treatment and accuracy and equity in our criminal justice system. Well, who hasn't? It's, I'm curious because he points that out in his opinion piece three if not four different times. Well, who, who doesn't want that? These are constitutional protections, Fourth Amendment, Eighth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, that heap on citizens these rights and privileges that they have, of being innocent until proven guilty, protected against unreasonable search and seizures, You don't have to testify against yourself. You're protected against cruel and unusual punishment in the jail. The real question here is, and he goes on to say, we define ourselves by the petty things we believe distinguish us rather than cleaving to those principles that unite us. We all want to be safe. Well, that's true. We all want that. Republicans, Democrats, traditionalists, progressives, conservatives, liberals, black people, white people, rich, poor, all know that murder, rape, and armed robbery are scourges. They certainly are. That's pointing out the obvious. That's never been the problem. The problem's always been the priority and the spend. And the fact that you just went before the city council asking for more money, which is ironic because when you were on the city council, you used to scoff at the idea when then Leon Canazero came in because your priorities at that point in time were different than an aggressive prosecutor wanting more money to be able to prosecute more crime. Now you find yourself no longer campaigning in poetry, but governing in prose. You also find yourself as a victim. And it's interesting as to how we're going to square that up. It's never been about whether or not we're all looking for the same thing. It has always been about what the priority is going to be. The DA goes on to say, I still firmly believe that the law and the legal process should be vehicles for change, forces that can uplift communities, address the root causes of crime, and remove those who are harming our communities. Well, there it is, folks. It's interesting, because when we present this, the removing those who are harming our communities is mentioned last. And that's the problem with progressives. It's always mentioned last. And the reality is is that they don't view themselves as being in the outcome business. What do I mean by that? Someone chose to violate the law. Right? Then someone goes to court and a bond is set. And then we finally end up in the DA's office and screening as to whether or not we're going to bring those cases or not. And that's where that equity thing comes in. And it also comes in as to whether or not, in the balance of interest, it works in the community's favor to prosecute individuals for nonviolent crimes, for stealing your car, for burglarizing your car, stealing your bike. We never think about it. The other difference with progressives as as opposed to all others is that they believe in an offender-centric model, whereas most conservatives are worried about the victims. So, yes, we all want to be safe, but what is the path and what is the priority that we're going to set in order to get there? I, for one, believe that we should be a more victim-centric model. And I'm convinced now, more than ever, we ought to have an if-then system. I'm tired of talking about disproportionate impact. I'm tired of talking about all of this disproportionality as it, as it relates to this, because all it tries to do is bring in race. We ought to have if X, then Y. No deviation. If you commit this crime, this is the amount of time you get. Therefore, it doesn't matter whether or not we're electing a liberal judge, a conservative judge, or any other judge, because then we know for sure we have equity, because the outcome will be the same for everyone. Now, the progressives always talk about this, but this is not what they want to have. Because the way that they view equity is to be able to promote their ideological beliefs and impose them and their priorities on us and that's where we break. We're not loving to pick sides and wear jerseys. We just have a different perspective about how we get from point A to point B. DA's are in the outcome business. Cases are presented based on constitutional standards and a good healthy proportion of the population wants you to prosecute them all. Not some, everyone. And that's the difference between a victim-centered system and an offender center system. They have the benefit of being innocent till proven guilty and if the evidence is there, conservatives want them proven guilty. Full stop, end of the story. You may think that that's a petty thing. We don't because we understand the hard work that goes in to buying a car, the sacrifices that are made, having to take off of work, having to pay exorbitant auto insurance rates here and everything else. And our lives are impacted by all of this. We focused in this letter a lot on on you, and, and I get it. It's a horrific experience that you went through, Mr. D.A. But don't try to separate us even further by talking about what you're talking about here. Yes, data shows that a lot of our crime is driven by poverty and it's symptomatic of larger issues that cannot be remedied through punitive measures alone. That you are correct when you say that in your letter. So what do we do? We deprioritize punishment and accountability? That's what a lot of progressives want to do. It's what a lot of conservatives don't want to see happen. You go on to say I understand progressive to mean more accurate, effective strategic, focused, and fair prosecutions while committing to crime prevention by meaningfully intervening and investing in people. That's an interesting statement. You, again, the priority. There's not enough assets. They don't have the means, and you don't have the staff to do it all. Not now, not ever and that's the problem we have a situation here where we our arrest rates in this country are abysmal in the case of murder we're only arresting 54% on average of all murderers in the country ag assaults 46% violent crime perpetrators the clearance rate in this country is 41% so if you get a 100% prosecution rate in in your office you're only hitting forty percent of the cases of violent crime now you understand why conservatives want you to go after them all because we're not holding a vast majority the majority in every crime category the majority is walking away without anything happening to them offending wreaking havoc and altering the course of our communities. The data speaks for itself. But you want to deprioritize this even more. If you think that's petty, I'm not sure what you're looking at. You go on to say that as a district attorney and Before then, as city councilman in New Orleans, I've seen the importance of the balance in our collective approach to public safety. Policing and prosecution are vital, but they're poor substitutes for early intervention for people living in abject poverty and who are beset by violence, mental health, substance abuse. I understand progressive, and we say this again, to mean making more accurate, effective, strategic, focused, and fair prosecutions while committing to crime prevention by meaningfully intervening and investing in people. Why don't we just simply do it this way? Why don't we ask the victim what they want? You want to talk about fair? That would be fair. You want to talk about focus? seems to me that would be really focused. You want to talk about strategic? Absolutely. It'd be a great strategy to let victims decide whether or not their crime is going to be a priority in the community, that they're paying taxes, they're working hard, they're giving up their blood, sweat, and tears for the betterment of this community, and yet the Draga society is going to be the beneficiary of somebody's ideological bent. You may think that's petty. Conservatives don't. We'll be right back. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we will visit with Matt Wolf from GNO Inc. He is the VP of Communications. We'll be talking about a lot of different issues throughout the metro area. And he'll have a special guest, Lowry Curley, from the CEO of Axosim. And we'll talk about that company's recent acquisition and what it means to our area here. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,